Hey, no accent that time. I can't always do an accent. I mean, I know that we're amazing at accents. Oh, yeah. Because remember, we teased it when we first started the Dork Seduction. Yeah. But then no one requested that we do accents, so we completely forgot about it. Yeah. No one was really that confused about where we came from. All that bothered, I think, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> Ours are fairly British accents. I mean... We're not posh, we're not paupers, so... Yeah. Yeah, there's no question about it. I'm clearly from London. Actually, you know what, saying that, most people don't think I'm from London. They think I've got a Surrey accent. What the hell's a Surrey accent? Well, speaking from someone who lived in Surrey, and uh, I think sophisticated. So that's just an insult to all Londoners, then. It's not really an insult to me, because they think I sound sophisticated, but then that means that they don't think Londoners do. Some Londoners can sound a bit... um... Ghetto. Common's a bit offensive, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just threw ghetto out there. That's not offensive at all. No, oh, no. <laughs> well, you know how some people from London sound a bit like that, you know? Yeah, that's from certain areas of London. That's the same with every yeah. other place in the world. I don't know too much about London accents other than that. Yeah. I don't know what people from, like, Kensington or Chelsea sound like. You definitely know what they sound like. <laughs> We all know what they sound like. Oh, what, the, the Made in Chelsea lot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. It just reminds me also of a... Con- well, it was on Twitter. I was watching this show called The Expanse, and, like, some of the characters have accents on them, and it's a really weird accent, and I couldn't really place it. It sounded sort of South African-y, but not. So I tweeted about it, and then the creator was just like, oh, it's just... Well, that's just the accent that they'd have in space where they live. And I'm thought, okay, that's pretty cool. They come up with their own accent. And then I was like, hold on a second. Why do none of the rest of the people in that area where they live in space have the accent? And his response made me laugh (laughs) because he said, it's different levels of accents like the British have. It's like, you don't say that to someone that has London in their description. Different levels. What what kind of levels are there? Is it like Tetris? What? <laughs> what's, what's the different levels of a British accent? I think he, he meant different accents, didn't he? Which he could have just said. He could have just said that. Yeah. But no, no, different levels. And then I was like, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Yeah, I hate people to wear, like, you know, like critics who use, like, levels when they say, oh, this film worked on so many levels and stuff I don't like actually that. understand what that means. It's Stephen Fry did an old sketch where it's like, he's playing someone who is asking a critic about a film and this critic's going on about how many levels he works on and he asks the critic to name one and they can't because it's basically bollocks talk, basically. It bullshit. is, pretty much. They're just trying to sound clever More intellectual. Yeah. Oh, God. Different levels of the British accent. I wonder what I, what level I'd be on. Um, I don't know. We'd have to think of a range of levels, like zero to ten. Like zero could be, like, you know, the Midlands. But then they're sort of tied with Liverpudlians. You having a go at the Midlands? Come on now. In my it's, adopted country. The thing is, right, with the Midlands, they, they're fine. There's a lot worse than the Midlands, trust uh, me. There's Newcastle for a start. That's what I'm saying. Everything's tied. But Midlands, it's very drony, if you know what it means. It's so drawn out and it sounds very boring. Well, eop and stuff like that. Yeah, it's very long-winded. Yeah, people from Birmingham have a tendency to say, you know... Like, that's not a very good Birmingham accent, but they say you know after everything they say. Yeah, but that's like me saying like all the time. Yeah. I remember an episode of this that we did while editing. I was insulting Californians because they say like instead of commas. Oh, I wasn't insulting them. I was making critique. They say like instead of commas, and then I realised 
why am I saying this? Because I say like after everything. Yeah. I don't know why I say like. It's just like a compulsive thing. Wolverhampton's quite a funny accent as well. I, I don't... Well, what do they sound like? Um, it's a bit difficult to do, but it, it's very really like that, you know. No, that's not very good. That's more <laughs> um, West Country. I can't really do it, but when you hear it, it's, it's kind of funny. I don't think I've ever met anyone from Wolverhampton. Well, there's nothing wrong with them. They're perfectly nice people. Mm. I didn't say there was. I just saying I don't think I've ever met anyone yeah, from I think Wolverhampton. You were at no, like. I didn't say You're anything very about. I'm not that snobbish because <laughs> I I don't really have much to be snobby about. If we're going to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Like, have you seen my life? There's not really much snobbery I could, you know, do, partake in. <laughs> I mean, Scottish accents are quite... I don't mind the Scottish accent. Depends on how strong it is, though, because sometimes they're so strong you can't understand them. Yeah. But if I can understand them, I'm fine with the, Sc- the Scottish accent. accent. I quite like the kind of Billy Connolly. Colin, uh, Connolly. Connolly, yeah. I quite like it. Yeah, because his I can understand him. Yeah, it's quite raspy as well. Mm. But my favourite accent's the West Country. Mm. It's amazing. To be honest, I don't really mind that accent that much as long as I can actually understand you clearly. Yeah. That means we can talk. But yeah. if I can't understand you and I have to keep re- asking you to repeat what you said, it's really going to piss me off. Yeah. What accents can't you understand other than Scottish, though? Well, no, I can understand all accents. It just depends on how clear they can speak English to me. Because mm. sometimes you can you hear people speaking English, but it doesn't actually sound like they're speaking English because it's so thick, their accent. Sometimes when, like, foreign people speak English or when they speak their language, I, I find they speak too fast for me sometimes. What do you mean, in and English they... or their language? It's mainly when they speak their language. Yeah. But it was my problem, like, understanding Spanish, even though I know kind of yeah, how to yeah, speak no, I get it. Spanish. They speak so fast that I don't, I don't understand it. No, I get it. Because I'm so out of touch with French now. I used to be okay at it. I thought I was okay at it, actually. I thought I used to be okay at it. Until yeah. you interact with a French person, or you have those tapes that you listen to in class in French, or you're watching a French film, and you're just like, wait, wait, what? I got one word of that. All I understood was, oh, mon Dieu. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, slow it down a little bit. Can you repeat what you said? Yeah. I, I have to listen to things very slowly, but some foreign people speak very softly, and, like, my hearing's not the best. So I can't quite understand what some people like saying sometimes. Yeah, it's like yeah. Arabs, though, because some Arabs, I guess it's because there's different languages there, but some of it's like they're really loud and overemphasize everything. Others are really soft and quiet. Yeah, it's like um, my neighbours, they're Turkish and they own the chip shop up the road and they've kind of got a nice relationship with them. You know, you say hi and... Yeah, because you get talk. chips from them. Yeah, and, and then my neighbours, so you have that kind of conversation. But, like, they, they are quite soft-spoken sometimes. Like, you have to say pardon. And you always feel a little bit rude sometimes saying pardon. Yeah, I do as well. I'm just like, can you please repeat that? Oh, my God. They're going to think I'm yeah, a right-winger I... or something when it's actually that like, I just don't understand a word they're saying. Yeah. I'm just afraid they, they think of me like some typical, like, English racist who's like, what? You know, can't constantly understand what you know, foreign people are saying. But. Yeah, I get that a lot from the English racist people. Do you? Yeah. But your accent's pretty clear. I was joking. Ah, oh, 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 it's one of your funny jokes again. Yeah. To be honest, I'm probably like the reverse side because sometimes I talk really fast in English. Yeah. So I could understand why people whose native language isn't English couldn't understand me. Yeah. So I get that. 
because I have someone at work, she doesn't know that much English. She knows enough to get by, but sometimes when I'm talking to her, her face goes blank, and I'm just like, I should slow down, shouldn't I? And she's just like, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm the same sometimes. I don't think you talk particularly f- fast. What your problem is, is sometimes you lose train of thought in the middle of a sentence and start saying something else. Yeah. Or like you think you've said something and then you skip over to the next bit. It's a bitch to edit, Matt, I'm not going to lie. Well, I can't help that. That's just the way my brain works. Mm. But then you pause a lot, so that gives people time to catch up. Mm. You do the kind of like... You say kind of like in the middle of sentences while you're catching up and trying to get your head into the right, same place as your mouth. Yeah. That's only doing the podcast, though, isn't it? Mostly. Oh, do you not do it in real life? Not really, no. To be honest, I don't play you back in real life. I only play you back in the podcast. Yeah. So you might do it in real life and I haven't noticed. I don't think I do. I try not to. I think it's only because when I'm doing a podcast, I'm thinking more, maybe. Yeah. And I have to pause to think because it's hard work thinking. Yeah. Maybe I don't say like that much in real life. To be honest, I stopped listening to you a long time ago. <laughs> Fuck you, Matt. <laughs> Fuck you. You know what? Those presents I got you, I kind of want them. I'm keeping them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I use my own mind to get them this time. So I like them. You used your own money to get them. My own mind. Oh, mine. Sorry, like, I have hay fever and I've taken so many pills, more than the recommended dose. So I'm, like, kind of out of it. Well, the thing is, you're only supposed to take one, but one is never enough. One a day to last you 24 hours. Bullshit. It lasts a couple of hours. And that's it. Then you're on your own. Then you're crying in the middle of the street. And your nose is all running. You're sneezing constantly. I think that's the same with most drugs, isn't it, really? What? You're supposed to take one a day? Well, no. They're addictive. You want more than one, don't you? Well, they're not addictive. I'm addicted to the feeling of not getting hay fever. That's what I'm addicted to. I'm addicted (sighs) to not sneezing. I'm addicted to not having sore, red, watery eyes. Your addictions are so selfish. I'm addicted to not getting all itchy on my throat and my ears and my skin. Selfish addictions. Yeah, dangerous. (laughs) Anyway, I think maybe, like, intro music, and then we have to do it again, like, like... Maybe like intro music, like now, like, yeah, maybe? Boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. I think that's all right. Yeah, can we talk again? (laughs) Yeah, let's just talk now. What listeners don't know is that when we, like, I need to stop doing it. Yeah, you you really do. (laughs) Yeah. What listeners don't realise is that when we introduce intro music, we pause for about half an hour, just in case, you know, we ever change our intro music. It's not like we can cut this. Yeah. Yeah, we don't cut this at all. Yeah, what you hear is us. Yeah, this is not edited whatsoever. No. I do not have 40 minutes worth of outtakes, and that's after cutting out some outtakes that I had earmarked. Yeah, no no one cuts out Tarman's mistake. Yeah, the thing is, the outtakes reel is mainly my mistakes, because I leave yours in the episodes. I think. So, the outtakes reel is just like the Tarman show. God. That, that must be amazing. Yeah. 
Have you listened to it? Oh, not yet. Not yet. I only, got the, I only read the message today, you know. How did you only read the message I don't today? Know. I, I completely missed it somehow. I sent it to you on Monday. Really? Jesus. The early hours of Tuesday morning, maybe. Wow. That's the problem when you send me stuff early morning. I get Instagram notifications and stuff like that. Just move it away. You knob jockey. Just because I'm popular on Instagram. Well, I don't live my life in the social media. I live it in real life. I'm for <laughs> real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're only on Twitter. Yeah. And so that's only live. when I'm watching something. Ah. Uh, or when I need a break from work and I decide to scroll through and see what's happening in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I read the news websites for that yeah i do that while i'm sitting at, in my office and you know supposed to be doing work that's wow. when i read the actual articles <laughs> i don't do that in my breaks matt no i get them in small 140 character nuggets wow yeah yeah so much you can say in 140 words 40 characters characters no. it's not even words characters God. that's probably why i don't use it as much as i could do. yeah it's too limiting isn't it for you really? yeah especially things that i ramble on and i don't like doing the shorthand writing sometimes i will separate my rants into separate posts and at the end of it's like one of five <laughs> <laughs> well at least Any... it's an outlet for you yeah speaking of otherwise you'd be talking fate... to us what otherwise you'd be talking to us <laughs> fuck off <laughs> Speaking of real and fake... Uh, real and fake. I don't know. I was hoping to segue into my friend's wedding, but I don't know how I'm going to get to my friend's wedding from this point. I was going to do a segue about rotting food to... How? how we... Okay, if I'm not going to get to my friend's wedding, how are you going to get to rotting food? No, I was going to try and get it from rotting bride to... Uh, rotting food to rotten rotting bride. How are you even going to get it to rotting food? I've got no idea at the moment. <laughs> I was going to think of an anecdote about rotting food, but... The thing is, I had an anecdote, but I needed to somehow get to that anecdote. And it's been 15 minutes now, 16, 17 minutes now. So I figured, oh, you know what, it's not going to happen. So I'll just try and move it along now. Yeah. I mean, your anecdotes are fine. I mean, the segue last week was poor. My segue was just better, but um, let's not get too fussed about this. But your segue is now in the outtakes. What? That was a brilliant segue. I know, but you fucked yourself over, remember? You fucked it over. How did I fuck it over? You fucked it over. You were jealous about how great that what segue was. Oh, so Lord. You cut it out for your, for your one. Mm. You know, some people say that, that bridesmaids are jealous of brides on their wedding days, but I... I'm not jealous of my friend who is getting married. Really? Yeah. I've actually been looking up little anecdotes that I could tell on her wedding day because of speeches and stuff. I don't know what I'm supposed to do at weddings, Matt. You're, you're not going to tell her about the anecdote of the bride that decided to hide somewhere, are you? I was thinking of doing so, actually, because I thought that might be really funny. But you've met her, so I think she'd kill me. Have I? Who, yeah, Jody. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so she'd probably kill me. I'd yeah. be the one going into hiding. I think. Yeah. Also, that, that's a bit grim telling that someone. Yeah, no, that's why I thought it might be funny, but it's not my day, is it? No. Um, not everyone's got your sense of humour, right? <laughs> no. So Especially grim, not on a wedding day. I'd never dare kind of tell that kind of thing. Yeah. Bullshit. I, I would not tell that kind of story. I'm, I'm bullshit. Pleased. Bullshit. Anyway, anyway well, t tell us about this bride. Well, Matt, mm -hmm. can I sound like me now rather than animated, forced individual? Yeah. Okay. So 
there's a legend, an urban legend. Legend. Some people may know of it. It is called the legend of bride and seek. Or, you know, the missing bride, if you want to be more obvious about it. But yeah. I prefer bride and seek. It's got other names as well, hasn't it? I have quite yeah. a few It has quite a few, yeah. The mistletoe bride, is that one? No, we'll come on to that afterwards. Ah. 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 Delayed gratification, Matthew. <laughs> Usually that's something else, but okay. Oh, um, that, that, that was to do with sex, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, like you had to explain it, but okay. Okay. It's fine, it's fine. I so, always make that noise, but... Um, so there are a few different versions of the story so do you want me to give you the gist or would you want to hear one that's actually been written and thought about the the second option okay so not from my mind from someone else's mind yeah okay i shall get to my sheets of paper i was overemphasizing the sheets of paper okay so these are a collection of the bride and seek stories from thought co which is actually a really good website and i'd recommend it because it's quite interesting it's got quite a good lot of stuff on there is that where you get quite a few of your stories from no i've only just found this one oh okay. i'm also saying that because i don't plagiarize like certain other dorks on this podcast like i give no the rights to whoever shut but- up <laughs> but also, uh, like, the Thought Code didn't actually write these. They collected them from the internet, so I have no idea where they originated from. Ah, oh, oh, so you are plagiarising now. I've given you all the references I can. What more do you want? Not good enough. I was thinking of writing one myself, but they all seem to follow the same model. And, like, what's the point? Mm. No, I don't think we need to put the listeners through that. Hey, my writing is amazing. <laughs> I've seen some of your creepy pastas. I haven't written any. I bet you have. Anyway. Yeah. This is the first story that Thought Co. has collected. A young woman was about to get married, and she decided she wanted to hold the wedding in the backyard of the large farmhouse where she grew up. It was a beautiful wedding, comma, and everything went perfectly. Afterward, comma, the guests played... I'm going to stop saying comma. I thought it was fun, but then I realised, ah, there was quite a few commas in this, and I can't be bothered. Yeah. Afterward, the guests played some casual party games and someone suggested hide-and-seek so they could get the children to play too. It wouldn't be hard to find a place to hide around the house. The groom was it and the bride wanted to make sure that she won the game. When no one was looking, she slipped inside the house. She ran up to the attic, found an old trunk and hid in it. No one could find her. Her new husband wasn't worried though. He figured she must have gotten just gotten tired and went inside to rest. So everyone went home. The groom looked around the house, but he couldn't find her anywhere. Her and her parents filed a missing person case, but she was never found. A few years later, when her mother died, the woman's father went to go through his late wife's things that were collecting dust in the attic. He came to an old chest. The lid was closed and the lock was rusted over and holding it closed. He opened the lid and was terrified to see his daughter's decaying body in the chest. When she hid there, the lid had closed, and the rusty parts of the lock had latched together, trapping her there. Ooh. Ooh. Bisto. No, that's right. <laughs> no, that's, ah. Ah, Bisto. Ah, bisto. <laughs> <laughs> what, what this has got to do with it, I don't know, but yeah. That, that that sounds creepy, that does. Mm. Yeah. Do you want another one? Oh, yeah. Yes, please. 
Let me see how many I've actually got. I'm gagging for another one. I've got two more left from Thoughtco, and I've got one from somewhere else. Oh. Where do you get that one from? I, I can't. It cut off. I didn't write the website's name oh. on this sheet. So I have no idea where this other one's from. Oh, yeah. Um, Snopes.com. Oh. Yeah, the other one's from Snopes. Anyway, number two from Thoughtco. Back in 75, a young couple, both 18, decided to get married right after high school. The father of the bride lived in Palm Beach in a mansion and was able to afford a big wedding for them. To make a long story short, they got married and the wedding was beautiful. After the wedding, they had a big reception in an old building and everyone got pretty drunk. Apart from the bride and groom, because, you know, they have to be 18 to drink in America. So... They're not 18, 19, 21, that's it. It's 21, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You have to be 21 to drink in America. So if you're getting married at 18, you can't drink at your own wedding. Everyone should get drunk at their own wedding. That's just a little disclaimer there for you. I don't think people should get yeah. married at 18. Okay. Oh. After the wedding, <laughs> did you want to put something in? No, I'm fine. I'm, I'm not as moralistic as you. Okay. <laughs> After the wedding, they had a big reception in an old building and everyone got pretty drunk. When there were only about 20 people left, the groom decided that they should play hide-and-seek. Everyone agreed and the groom was it. They all went and hid and the game went on. After about 20 minutes, everyone had been found except the bride. Everyone looked everywhere and tore the whole place apart looking for her. After a few hours, the groom was furious, thinking the bride was playing a horrible trick. A terrible trick, I'm, a, I'm sorry. Terrible, not horrible. Eventually, everyone went home. A few weeks later, the groom, having placed a missing persons report, gave up looking for her. Heartbroken, he tried to go on with his life. Three years later, a little old woman was cleaning the place up. She happened to be in the attic and saw an old trunk. She dusted it off and, out of curiosity, opened it. She screamed at the top of her lungs, ran out of the building and called the police. Ooh. Uh, one second. It's not over yet. I was turning the page. Apparently the bride had decided to hide in the trunk for the game of hide-and-seek. When she sat down, the lid fell, knocking her unconscious and locking her inside. She suffocated after a day or two. When the woman found her, she was rotting, her mouth in the shape of a scream. Jesus. The thing is, that was three years. Like, wouldn't the rotting have been over by then? I don't know how quickly it happens, to be honest. I guess it might be preserved somewhat being in an old chest. Who knows? I think it can take up to ten years to rot, can't it? Uh, maybe, maybe. I've uh, got no idea. I, I'm not, I'm not, I've not had any experience of it, so... Bullshit. I haven't. I've never Bull. been decaying. I've never decomposed. If you say so. I like this one more than the first one because there's more imagery involved. Yeah. So it's more creepier and disgusting. <laughs> and the poor old little, little lady as well, getting a bit of a fright. Yeah. So that's a right nosy old bugger. She was the cleaner. Uh, see, that's what you get when you clean things. You know, <laughs> these clean freaks, they deserve it, to be honest. <laughs> okay, so do you want more or no? Oh, I'm always wanting more. Oh, by the way, all of these Thought Co. ones, they start with, as told by a reader. Oh. Who's the I think that just means one of the readers of Thoughtco submitted it. Ah, right, right. Still no names. Isn't that enough referencing, Matt? It's not good enough. 
plagiarised shit. I actually, I, I referenced the Cleveland Police Museum last time. Thank you. After I said, where are you reading this from, Matt? In the episode, that's how it sounds. <laughs> I clearly said it. In the outtakes, it'll probably be in there, won't it? <laughs> Lies. How, how would you know? I mean, you haven't listened to the outtakes. I even gave it to you. I'm I gave you a rough draft. Guessing they'd be in there. Bullshit. <laughs> anyway, mm. a bride and groom were both very young, around six. Sixteen, this one. Sixteen. Teenage brides, girl. Maybe this is like to teach teenagers not to get married. Yeah. A bride and groom were both very young, around 16, but decided to get married anyway, as was the way in those days. What days are these? That was me. That was not part of the story. Oh, right. Well, no, if it is, if it is the old days. Maybe. You know, like the 80s or something. The 80s? (laughs) More like the 1800s. Yeah, the 1800s. I I was being facetious or whatever. Right. Right. It was a huge, elaborate wedding, and the reception was held at an old mansion, an heirloom of the family, of sorts. How can it be of sorts? It's either an heirloom of the family or not. I don't know. Yeah, I see what you mean, I guess. I feel I feel like we're doing a creepypasta episode now. Yeah. Um, after most of most people had left and all were drunk of wedding champagne... The bride whined she was getting bored. When asked what she'd like to do, she grinned and said she always loved a good game of hide-and-seek. The reason she said that is because she's a child 16. at 16. Yeah. <laughs> Though reluctant to play such a childish game, all agreed and the maid of honour was it. <laughs> it took only about 30 minutes for all to be found. All but the bride, that is. Everyone began searching the entire house, but no one found her. The groom, thinking maybe she had second thoughts about the marriage, grew angry and sent everyone home. After two or three days, he put out a missing persons report, but no luck. Eventually, he moved on with his life. Good for him. (laughs) After the girl's father had died, the mansion was being cleaned, the family taking what they would before the auction came around. The mother of the long-gone bride was up in the storage attic, cleaning out the old clothes and junk when she saw an old trunk with a lock on it. After breaking the lock, she peered inside and began to scream. All ran upstairs to see what was happening. Inside the trunk... Inside inside the trunk? Inside the trunk was the bride, dead after the lid fell on her head and crushed part of her skull, although she was still grinning at her little game of (laughs) hide-and-seek. That's a bit sinister. (laughs) I, th- I, th- I think that's quite charming, actually. It is, but it also shows that this legend, this urban legend, isn't that adaptable. They've all sounded sort of the same, other than a different setting and different people finding the body. Yeah. And different ages of the bride and groom, although they seem to be very young, which is probably makes sense why they're playing hide-and-seek, because I was wondering who plays hide-and-seek at a wedding, apart it... from me when I'm trying to hide from family members. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite immature. I mean... Really? Just quite. Yeah, I mean, all I think in general is it tends to be the bride that seems to initiate the hide and seek, isn't it? Apart from the, yeah. the one with the children, maybe. I yeah. can, can see that, but I mean, I don't know, most weddings, children just have to sit and do what they're told. Yeah, they do. I mean, I didn't realise that children always got invited to wedding, weddings. Aren't there some weddings where children aren't allowed? Uh, I don't know, most of the ones I've been to, there's been children well me too but that's because it's asian weddings and like everyone and their neighbors goes um well i think white people invite children 
I don't, I don't think they're bad. I just don't think, like, weddings are really the place for children. Who's watching the kids? Everyone's getting drunk. I don't, well, I, I think they, they're not, they don't tend to be at the reception so much. Oh, maybe not. They're there for the meal, but then as soon as it gets to people being drunk, they go home. With the parents? Who are the ones getting drunk? And if you've got children, you tend to go home. Uh, those kids ruin everything, don't they? Yeah. Poor parents. <laughs> it's the only chance they have to get drunk as well. Yeah, and then they have to go home. Open bar, go home. Yeah. Bullshit. Well, they could drink while they're driving home. <laughs> hey, it happens. It happens. Um, we yeah. all know it. I'm not advocating it, but, you know. No one's advocating it. But I am saying, you know, hint, hint to those people going to weddings. Yeah, go out and drive, drive drunk. Leave your yeah. ch- children as orphans. Yeah. They'll lead happy lives. He'll leave them some money, hopefully. And, you know. Well, how much money would they really have? They have kids. Kids are expensive. They're getting excited about an open bar. They're going to risk their family's lives by drunk driving because they want to <laughs> have a go at this open bar. How much money could they really have, Matt? At least something. A house, at least. But it's hard to be a homeowner now, so... Well, you'd probably get to live with some some nice relatives for a little while. Or foster parents that couldn't give a shit about you and only take you in for the paycheck. But uh, foster parents get paid? Yeah. Do they? Mm. Yeah, for the upkeep of the child. They get paid by the state. Oh, is that child benefits, though, isn't it? Stuff like Mm, that. Is it? Is it? I don't know. All I know is that foster parents get paid. Uh, I I didn't know that. Okay, so do you want to read the last one from the um, the scope? This one's a shorty. Yeah, yeah, I want you to read it. Okay. A young couple has just been married at a large family wedding. The reception is held at the bride's grandmother's house. After they have had dinner and a cake and such, they all decide to play hide-and-seek, which has been a tradition in the bride's family for quite some time. <laughs> at least they're trying to make sense of the playing hide-and-seek this yeah. time around. The bride, knowing the house, decides to hide in the attic in a large chest, but when she climbs in, she slips, and the lid to it comes crashing down. It knocks her out, and she is now locked, unconscious, in the chest. I really like this one better, because we actually see the incident. Yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, the rest of the family is searching for her, and is starting to get worried. After hours of calling for her and searching the house, they call the police, who are also unable to find the missing bride. Shit police then, aren't they? <laughs> She's in the house. You'd, you'd think they'd check, you know, this family's large chests, wouldn't you? Yeah, and attic, and every yeah. nook and cr- cranny. <laughs> exactly. The bride eventually wakes up but is unable to get out, so she starves to death. Oh. Years later, the bride's younger sister is married, and when she turns to hide in the very same chest, she is horrified to find her sister's remains rotting away in her wedding dress, now covered in blood from her frantically trying to claw her way out. Ew. That's actually more realistic, though. Yeah, that's quite... When people wake up from being buried alive, they do try and get out. They don't just sit there. (laughs) Waiting for death to come. Like, even if they aren't thinking about it, they've accepted it mentally. You've got all, everyone's got the mode of survival in them. Mm. Uh, does it mention anything about this, like, girl being, uh, this woman being an emo or something like that? No. Why? Because, well, then she, she might just sit there. <laughs> ah, maybe, maybe. But no, Do emos usually get married, though? Ah, uh, no, no. Dead by the time they're twenty, aren't they? Mostly. 
I don't know. <laughs> I say nothing. Or they've they've come out of that phase by the time they're twenty. Yeah, I think emos a phase. I don't think people are lifelong emos. Yeah, they just don't like hearing that, though, do they? <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's bullshit because you're an emo from for like maybe a couple of years, maybe a couple of years at a push when you're a teenager. Yeah, and then you ease out into grunge status, and then you ease and then you even further ease out into just wearing dark clothing, and then you become a proper human being. Yeah, and like That's become a civil servant happens. or something like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine emo civil servant? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that'd be great, that would. So what do you think of the stories, Matt? I mean, they're all pretty much samey. Yeah. They all follow the same path. I quite like them. There's something quite um, almost like English ghost story about them, mm. but without the ghost, perhaps. I think. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I think it is quite, they're quite interesting. They are, they are. I think it also plays on, like, the someone's life ending just as it's beginning. Because a marriage is the start of a new life, isn't it? Yeah. Typically. That's what it's thought of. But also I think there's a slight sense of, you know, the groom perhaps being a bit insecure as well. Yeah. And I love how in these stories they, the groom has just always moved on. I get trying to move past it and trying to build a life. Like, if your wife has not just died, it's just disappeared. There's, like, no closure for you. Would you just move on, get really pissed off and move on? I don't know. If you believe she's run away, perhaps, you mm. feel you feel a bit... I, even if... Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a man or woman, I think you'd feel a bit pissed off if <laughs> someone just, mm. like, decides to leave you, if that's what you yeah. think's happened. Yeah. True, true, true. I can see... I mean, after three years, I'd expect you've probably moved on. Or at least started to. Yeah. You'd, you'd have to be a bloody emo to not have moved <laughs> on by that point. So do you think this legend actually comes from truth or not? It's actually kind of believable in a way. It's not mm. out of the realms of possibility, like some of the things we've had to do episodes on. Yeah. I think as an urban legend, it's, it's quite believable in a way. Did you know it was actually referenced in a Hitchcock film? Is it? Yeah, What's Rope. That? Rope. Oh, I've never seen that one. Uh, Neither have I, but I've got it written in front of me, referenced in the Hitchcock film, Rope. I can imagine. It's got a very kind of like horror story kind of. Yeah. So Rope was made in 1948. So the legend will dates back to at least that. Yeah. But, but the tale is apparently a lot older than that mm. and is recounted in a ballad. Let's call it a ballad. It's not a song, it's not a poem, it's a ballad. Yeah. By Thomas Haynes Bailey, mm -hmm. who lived in 1797 to 1839. So I think it's safe to say that he wrote it in the 1800s. Yeah. So for a web urban legend, it's very, very old. Yeah. And would you like to hear the original ballad? Oh, yes, please. Okay. The mistletoe hung in the castle hall, the holly branch shone on the old oak wall. And the baron's retainers were blithe and gay, and keeping their Christmas holiday, the baron beheld with a father's pride. I'm turning the page, Matt. <laughs> His beautiful child, Lord Lovell's bride, and she, with her bright eyes, seemed to be the star of... seemed to be, and the next line is, the star of that goodly company. I'm weary of dancing now, she cried. Here, tarry a moment, I'll hide, I'll hide. And Lovell, 
be sure thou art first to trace the clue to my secret lurking place. Away she ran, and her friends began, each tower to search, and each nook to scan. And young Lovell cried, Oh, where dost thou hide? Mm -hmm. I'm lonesome without thee, my own dear bride. They sought her that night, and they sought her next day, and they sought her in vain while a week passed away. In the highest, the lowest, and the loneliest spot, young Lovell sought widely but found her not. And years flew by, and their grief at last was told as a sorrowful tale long past. And when Lovell appeared, the children cried, See, the old man weeps for his fairy bride. At length an old chest that had long lain hid, <sighs> I hate old English, <laughs> was found in the castle they raised the lid, and a skeleton form lay mouldering there in the bridal wreath of that lady fair. Oh, sad was her fate, in sportive jest. She hid from her lord in the old oak chest it closed with a spring and dreadful doom the bride lay clasped in her living tomb Ooh, that's the end of it cool and what's that cool. called again oh it's called the mistletoe bride also known as i thought you were gonna say it because you got so excited before the mistletoe boff or bow bruff bow that's it yeah b-o-u-g-h that's all i know no that, that sounds good that does actually it is. It's actually quite comical, I think. Yeah. I don't know why, because it's about something horrible, but it's actually quite comical to me. It does sound slightly like the guy's taking the piss a little bit. He is. I think he is. Yeah. They were like that back then, I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's the earliest known version of the Bride and Seek legend. Mm. But some people do believe that it actually comes from real life. Yeah. A real life story. Because of the grand old English mansions, we've got so many ghost stories. Every stately mansion has a ghost story. Yeah. Pretty much in England, every stately mansion has a ghost story. So this one is linked to the Minster Lovell Hall in Oxfordshire, which makes sense because the Lord Lovell and Lady Lovell yeah. in the story. Also, Marwell Hall in Hampshire, Bramill House in Hampshire, Tiverton Castle in Devon, and I think that's it. Oh, and Rutland. Exton Hall in Rutland. Mm. And there's more, but that's all I've got here. Yeah. Rutland's quite close to me, actually. Rutland? Yeah, it's near Leicester. You've got a castle in Le near Leicester? Yeah, Leicester used to have a castle at one point, but it uh, got knocked down. It's typical Leicester for you. Got knocked down. Then I got up again. You know, <laughs> they're going to knock me down. <laughs> anyway. um <Shut> <laughs> So, Minster Lovell Hall in Oxfordshire, mm. there is a New York Times, well, there is an article in the New York Times that mentions it. Yeah. But this was way back in December 28th, 1924. Ooh. So, this is like an anecdote of a phantom living yeah. in Minster Hall. So, here goes. The neighbours believe that a wailing figure carrying a light, which is said to flit in and out of the castle is the ghost of the bride of one of the Lord's Lovell, who was suffocated on her wedding night. As the story goes, she hid in an old oak chest during the festival in a game of hide-and-seek, and the lid shut, her young Lord finding her body some hours later. That's the one for um, 
The New York Times. Yes, yeah, from the New York Times for Minster Lovell Hall. Ah, right. Bramall House, which is actually now a police college, I've <laughs> been told by Thoughtco, which Ooh. I find a, a proper stately house is now a police college. Okay. Interesting. Apparently it has actually been haunted for over a century. Yeah. Isn't isn't there a white lady in one of them? Yeah, apparently. Um, which one is the one with the white lady? Uh, Minster Lovell Hall is apparently has a white oh, lady in it. Right. You know how we love the white ladies. Yeah, we do. I've got yeah. it in for the white lady. Oh, I keep calling it Bramall House. It's Bramshill House. Bramshill. Yeah. Okay. Or Brams Hill. Brams Hill. I think yeah. it's probably Brams Hill. Yeah, that that sounds a bit more sensible. But it's one word. <laughs> yeah. But Brams Hill sounds better. Yeah. So let's call it Brams Hill House. So in the memorials of Old Hampshire, which was published in 1906, a George Edward Jeans wrote, Brams Hill has indeed a ghost, the white lady who haunts the flower de luce chamber immediately adjoining the gallery and she may have been concerned with the tragedy of mr boff was it bow why do i keep thinking it's boff bow which tradition attaches to brams hill that's all i've got for that so those are like the only two bits of evidence that might actually be real yeah but then also they're saying stuff they're just saying stories that they've heard so it's not really evidence it's like Chinese whispers. Yeah. Wasn't there, wasn't there a book as well? Um, Poem or something it? like that. Some guy wrote that it, he kind of... Uh, it's yeah, Samuel thing. Rogers. Yeah. No, I, I don't think he wrote a poem. I think he included the mistletoe, mistletoe bow in a collection of poems. Ah, oh, right. And he believed it was an anecdote, a real, real story. Yeah. But there's no... He didn't actually provide any evidence. Yeah. That. Yeah, so what he well he wrote in the actual his compilation that he thought that the story was real and to quote he says the time and place are uncertain many old houses in England lay claim to it. But mm. to be honest, I feel like if someone's living in an old stately mansion, no matter what time that they're living in, they're gonna be rich, they're gonna be wealthy, they're gonna be society people. If that had happened to them, it wouldn't just be rumours that something had happened in that house. It would be fact, right? Because the press would latch onto it. Uh, it depends how old they. True, but like the legend of King, King Arthur lives on, and that was what tenth century. Yeah, well, that's a bit more. That's a bit different, though, isn't it? Mm. Um, maybe. I don't maybe. Know. I don't really believe that. I think people want to believe that. I'm sure shit has happened in old mansions, but. Of this, purely because, I know this is a stupid reason why I don't believe it, you don't play hide and seek at a wedding. Yeah, certainly not now you wouldn't. So I don't understand why you would ever play hide and seek at a wedding. And the bride doesn't, especially if this was centuries ago, what kind of, it's always the bride initiating the hide and seek. What kind of power does the bride ho- hold over the activities of the wedding? Might do. Uh, she's quite um, rich. Centuries ago. She's quite rich. Yeah, still. She's quite rich, though. But she's they weren't all, they weren't even all well. miserable bastards back then, you know. I still don't believe it's real. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily think it's as it maybe as it's told. Maybe something like that has happened, but... Yeah. It but... sounds like a mixture. It could be like... It could have happened to a real person, but not necessarily a bride, maybe. Possibly. I don't know. Hmm. It could be like they just added on that bit about getting married to a story about some idiot locking themselves in a 
chest. Yeah, I'm sure that's happened. Someone's locked <laughs> yeah. themselves away somewhere and they've died. Yeah, I mean, if you do that, you're just an idiot. Really. Yeah. But like, I'd like to take this moment to anyone that's listening out there that has recently gotten married and you're missing your bride. <laughs> um, the chances are she's actually just run away. I don't think that she got locked in a chest because you were playing hide-and-seek with her and she's rotting there. So you probably can move on. But check anyway. Just check the chest in case. Yeah, just double-check. Like, you know, whenever you can't find, you know, your keys or something. Yeah. And, like, you know you didn't leave it in your pocket because you always leave it by the front door. Yeah, make sure... Just check in your pocket. You might have put it there. Yeah. And make sure you properly get into the chest and look. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Make sure that Close the lid as you well. on the head and, part, and it makes you pass out. <laughs> yeah. And then you wake up suffoc- and you suffocate or starve to death while trying to claw yourself out of the chest. And then you think of us when they do that as well. <laughs> How big are these chests that both of the bride and the groom are going to fit in there? And if it's like a kind of chest that, um, you know, uh, Harry Potter, that Moody's in. Uh, true, but the thing is, <laughs> I know I know you're going to shoot me for saying this. The thing is, that wasn't real. Oh, fuck off, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I don't think there's anything I can really say about this now. Uh, anything you want to say? No, I do, other than that, I dislike it. I think it's got a real kind of gothic, creepy side It to does. It. I like it. Yeah. I just wish it was more adaptable. I mean, or actually, it might just be because of the ones that we were reading. Maybe yeah. they weren't very good writers. But maybe more twists and turns or something yeah, it, in it to make it different because they all pretty much sound the same be nice if it was a bit more longer and perhaps a bit more sinister even more sinister yeah like i like the someone ones that tells have her more... to hide in the chest or something that makes it sinister yeah because then there's foul play there yeah and that person that tells her to hide in the chest is the beneficiary of her life insurance policy yeah or even though her husband is contesting it and then her husband takes it to court because he's contesting it yeah, and, like, he, he drops off because, well, they don't give it to him because they've only been married a few hours, but then the husband still doesn't like this and the fighting ensues and then he, the husband goes missing as well. Basically, yeah. everyone dies and this killer gets everything he wants. Have you ever thought it could just be that this husband really didn't want to get married to this woman and he just found a way of her ending up in a big chest yeah maybe in all of these cases it's the husband that's actually writing these stories and and that's why it's always in saying that she initiated the game (laughs) yeah maybe maybe we're reading too much into it yeah and he was really let's play a game of hide and seek okay yeah it's like that movie hide and seek robert de niro he played with his daughter. He has, like, split personality. Yeah. Maybe the groom has split personality yeah. disorder. And he plays, he's playing hide and seek, and he's it. And he says, you know what, I'll ha- the other him, like the split personality him, mm. tells the bride, you know what, I'm going to help you hide, and I will pretend to find you last. Yeah. And he knocks her out and hides her in the chest. Or he could have just, like, murdered her. Not particularly in the chest, but he could have just dumped her there later. Yeah, but then they could have found out a different cause of death. True, but... Blunt force trauma, I guess, could... Trauma? Blunt force trauma, I think, guess, could do it, because then they just think the lid hit her head on the way in. Yeah, but... But then it depends on the object that they use to... He, the husband used to kill her. Yeah, because I was just thinking, like, because when, when you find the body, and they ask, oh, what was she doing in there? 
you could say that uh, oh she's uh, you know, playing hide and seek and somehow she ended up in the you know in the chest Maybe. that's what could have happened could have possibly happened yeah i don't think they believe him nowadays no back then the they, they believed that like, a kind of rich guy you know yeah yeah word. So, so anyway, yeah. I think we should wrap this up. Yeah. I mean it was a light hour. It was a light episode yeah. after all the murders that we've done. Yeah. Sure we're gonna go into murders next week again, but but it was a nice break. Yeah. Yeah, a nice I I like finding a nice rotting corpse in a chest. It's kind of keeps it light, doesn't it? Yeah, it's weird that, isn't it? Yeah. This is the lightest episode we've had in a while and it's about a rotting corpse uh, of a bride. Yeah. Really quite grim. Mm. But oh, well. I know how I'm killing myself. Anyway, <laughs> I think we should bid good day. Yes, and good riddance. It was me saying this won't talk more than 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but to be honest, I'm going to have to cut so much of me saying, hold on a second. And the rustling of papers. And... Hey, I'm leaving the rustling in. That adds realism. Realism. This, we're the Ken Loach of podcasts. Realism's not always what you want. Okay, if you say so. Particularly, but I like podcast. my rustling of papers. <laughs> it makes it look like I've done research. Oh, it makes you which sound, I did. Makes you sound prepared, does it? Yeah. Okay. Well, to be honest, I always usually have loads of pages around. Sometimes I hand write all my notes, and that, but then like my hand hurts and it takes up so many different pages. Oh, yeah. and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to print off loads of page- pages of websites and then just highlight. It's easier. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a while to figure that one out, but I figured it out and I'm going to continue. Yeah. You've got your style. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, we've got to be going. Yeah. So goodbye. Goodbye, and I really hope you're not listening to this while you're getting ready for your wedding. <laughs> no. <laughs> but if you are, that gives you a good tip not to play hide-and-seek at your wedding. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, good luck with your marriage and all your endeavours. And, I, I, mate, if if she goes missing, she's probably run away. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I hope you don't end up dead. Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> not. Yeah. Don't go anywhere near chests, old oak chests. Or, or... Maybe don't get married in an old creepy stately mansion yeah i don't know these women and their big chests i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that, that, i think that was a joke from the 70s i think it was <laughs> you time travel see you time travel matt yeah you go off on all these killing sprees and then you take sexist jokes from different <laughs> eras and like use them on us yeah basically i would have turned this podcast into a carry-on film but then i'm still here how's that gonna happen I don't care about you. (laughs) Fuck you, Matt. Fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, Anyway. (laughs) as I've been saying for 10 minutes, I think we should say goodbye. Yeah, goodbye, goodbye. Bye. Bye.